Hello! This week's episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by Randall Flagg's Denim Palace. That's right, Randall Flagg's Denim Palace. Baby, can you dig your jeans? Located in downtown Las Vegas. Open all night. You know it is. Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. And we're the co-authors of a science fiction comedy book series called... Prison Dead! So there are five Prison Dead books, but maybe by the time you're reading this, there are six. Yes, or listening to it. I don't know mm. how you, you know, ingest your podcast. Did I say reading this? Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. Uh. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so... We had a lot of fun at the Lehigh Valley Comic Con last weekend. We did. We made some new pals, yeah. and we sold a few books, and... Might, um, might do it again. Yeah, we might, might do it again. Might do it again. Yeah. But our next event, definitely, though, is in Timonium, Timonium. Maryland, and that is uh, outside of Baltimore. That is the weekend after Thanksgiving, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is three days of ChessyCon 2017. ChessyCon! I'm going to be placing... There's some details on the events page of our website. I'm going to be putting some more stuff up there soon. Chessie Con is a good time. I'm excited. I'm ex- especially excited to, to see everybody and to go to our favorite tea shop. Yeah. And get some tea. Yeah. And then sit on crazy panels. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited for the whole weekend. So this, uh, this week is our sequel. Last week we talked about Stephen King films mm-hmm. in the theater. Sure. Now we're talking about <laughs> Stephen King uh, miniseries and TV series. Yes. So um, we're going to accept, you know, there's not nearly as many, so this podcast hopefully will not be another hour like last week. It probably won't, and some of these I have not seen. Yeah, so in the beginning of these, there's actually some we have not seen, but when it comes like halfway through the list and on, we've seen all of them. So don't get discouraged with us in the beginning if we're going to be talking about something we, don't, we haven't seen. But um, so... Let's first uh, start by talking about Salem's Lot. This was the first adaptation of Stephen King's that went to TV as a miniseries in 1979, which was a great year. That was the year I was born. Um, yes. And then uh, they did remake it in 2004. Now, I watched the 79 one, you know, probably sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. You had a little Starsky and Hutch David Sewell in there. And then you had a little Bonnie Bedelia, who also shows up in Needful Things. She's fantastic. Um, I liked the, this TV adaptation of Salem's Lot, although obviously I saw it on VHS years later, because I was only one at the time that it actually aired. So <laughs> that would have been weird. Uh, I remember giving it a thumbs up. Yeah. 79 version. Yes. Thumbs up. It was creepy. I especially love the part that they always show in commercials of the little kid when he was like outside his brother's window. Yeah. Really creepy. Yeah. And Father Callahan, I thought. Yes. I thought that guy did a great job. So. I, I never saw the 2004 version. I did. I liked it, but I thought that this the one from the 70s was scarier. Creepier, yeah. 2004, Rob Lowe and... Um, Samantha Mathis. I, I liked them. They did a good job. They, they, the acting was solid. It was definitely creepy, but it was a little bit. Mm, it was a little bit like TV movie cheesy yeah. type thing. That was during my anti Rob Lowe years. It wasn't until he showed it back up on a Parks and Rec that I yeah. really, be, really, really began to appreciate Rob Lowe again. But uh, you know, Salem's Lot is, awesome is a great story. Yeah. So if you if you're not familiar. Check it out, man. And then um, 11 years passed when the, with no 
Stephen King. Are you done talking about Salem's Lot? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so 11 years passed without any kind of TV adaptation of Stephen King's at all. And uh, someone gets the bright idea to put it on TV. Super scary story. Amazing. You know, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're part of the Stephen King craze that's going on right now anyway, because it was, did so well in the theater. Yes, it is an awesome book, and I really love the 1990 movie. I thought it was really sweet, um, you know, with the relationship between the characters. I liked that it went back and forth between them being kids and adults in different scenes. Um, I thought everybody did a great job. There are moments where it's a little corny. It's also 1990 TV. Right. Some uh, of I don't my friends at work networks. said that they didn't watch it because they thought it was too cheesy. But I thought Tim Curry did an amazing job of being like an incredibly scary clown. And he was nasty. Like he was mean and People wouldn't and scary. even um, like talk to him on set because he was so... Yeah, there's, like, great pictures online of him, like, smoking a cigarette in the rain under an umbrella, dressed like Pennywise, like, all by himself. Um, but I really liked all the character portrayals. I think it stayed really, really close to the to the book. It aired on ABC. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely watched it when it was on, um, you know, and with my, with my family, because my dad and mom are huge fans of it. And, um, yeah, I thought Tim Curry was awesome. I thought the kid actors were great. I mean, obviously, you know, Seth ended up being very famous. He went on to be in Buffy. He went on to, like, host Robot Chicken and be on Family Guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Jonathan Brandis was on, um, Quest. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he he committed suicide, (laughs) which is really sad. Yeah. Um, the poor guy, but I thought he was a really good actor. I thought he did a great job. Um, and then obviously for the adults, you had John Ritter, who's just always great. Oh yeah. In everything that he Almost getting passed passed away way too soon. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard Mazur, who was in tons of 80s movies. He was only in it for a little bit, but he was still really good. Harry from Night Court. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson, that's his name. Yeah, Harry Anderson. And Annette O'Toole, who's just really lovely. Yeah, I liked it. I'm giving it two thumbs up. I actually watched it a couple of times before we went to go see it, the new It in the theaters. You were all over that. I still found it to be fun and very creepy, and I I really liked the characters and thought they did a good job. I really loved especially um, the the kid that played um, Ben Hanscom. I thought he was so sweet kid is so cute so um accurate to the book yeah for the most part a little Pretty more much, than yeah than they made henry a little bit nicer which in the movie that that just came out they showed him like how he really kind of was like yeah. he was way more way more evil yeah dangerous and um obviously they didn't put in the sex scene yeah. you're not gonna do that on tv or in the movie it's kind of hard to translate yeah into kids. A film. yeah Alright, so uh, the next is the the first adaptation of Sometimes They Come Back. And that's 1991. And this is the only thing we're going to talk about with Sometimes They Come Back. Because they've re- like remade this, rebooted this, and made There's like... like f- I don't ten, know, like, like five, four at least. There's four I've sequels. Seen, I've seen at least like two Sometimes they come back for the third time. Sometimes they just keep coming back for some more chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? That... No, I'm pretty sure that wasn't part of the story, dude. Okay, so I was never too crazy about this one. 
Um, it was okay. Yeah. The, the first one, the one that they did for TV, was probably, like, the best. That's this one. Because, yeah, because yeah. I like the TV one. I thought, you know, Tim Matheson did a pretty good job. We know him from Animal House. He's been in a lot of other things. Um, it's the one that's probably, like, I don't know, it's closest to the story in the book, in the short story, and it's a little creepy, but it's not over-the-top scary. No. Um, it's certainly far less corny than all of the other sometimes they continue to come back. So. <laughs> but, I think, yeah. I, I've seen at least a couple of the other ones, and I never it kind of becomes very attenuated. But, I mean, because the idea is cool, it's like... The teacher comes back to teach in the town where he grew up, and the bullies that picked on him are kids in the class again because they're essentially like ghosts, like he's yeah. being haunted. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, idea. No, the concept's great. The story's great. Um, yeah, I di- I didn't mind the TV version. No. This, yeah, it was one of the. I could deal with this one. Hmm. That's good. The Golden Years is the next one to come out. I need to watch it, but yeah. <laughs> I have it on DVD, and I haven't... I don't honestly even know what the story is about in this oh, case, fine, because yeah. I, I'm not sure that I ever read it. It's fine. Tommyknock is the next one, though. Ah, so, uh, yes. Tommyknocker. Jimmy Schmitz! Yeah, Jimmy Schmitz. And, um... um Margo, that was in Under the Dome, too. Yeah. She's, like, his girlfriend in it. So, the, the Tommyknockers miniseries... So that this was great because I was um, I saw it by this point in my life, and you know I was I was like thirteen. So you already you already moved to Allentown by then. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you weren't you weren't in New York anymore. So this was like the first one. It's like this is like the first like mini series like I caught on TV like yeah live yeah. So that was great. Like it was it was good. I mean. It's pretty accurate Stephen to the book. King, Stephen King has said that when he was writing Tommy Knockers, he has almost no memory of doing it because it was one of the periods of time in his life where he was on many altered alt, mind altering substances. So, <laughs> like how he says um, the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but I, I thought it was a cool story. You know, it's about alien type story. Um, yeah. You know, mind controlling yeah. aliens, creepy stuff. Oh, I um, love it. No, it, it, I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. Yeah, Tommy Knox is great. And I think Jimmy Schmitz, like whatever, he always does a good job. He can always like draw you in, even if you're not really sure about the subject matter. Like it was fun. It was fun. I liked how like like the electronics would wake up and do evil tricksy things. Yeah. You know, because I grew up loving like batteries not included. Where, yes. Where Logan and I watched it. He loved it. Fun happy things. Yeah. You know to and manipulated machines, but in this case, they were doing nefarious things. Moo-ha-ha. And, you know, controlling people. Uh, Tommyknockers gets two thumbs up. Yeah. Now, how much time do we really want to spend talking about our next movie? And that's The Stand. I think we probably have a whole podcast we already do. devoted to it. About yeah. two months ago, we did an entire podcast on how much we love The Stand, how much we don't want it to be really redone. Uh, we don't think that putting it in the theater will ever capture the magic that we saw you know, when we were, um, for, you know, when I was 14 and it aired on, on TV. I just thought they did such a great job, and I don't think it's the kind of story that can translate to, like, the big screen, because there's so many ancillary characters that are important yeah. to the overall story, yeah. and if you try to rush through that, you would miss, like, 
you would miss Trash Can Man. Yeah. You know, you would miss Nadine's, like, arc. You would miss... You know what's a good idea, a uh, thing to bring up, is they didn't devote enough time to the judge, you know, in the in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, oh, let's send the judge. And then it was like, it was like, oh, yeah, here's that guy we saw once before. And then, you know, they send him on to kind of, like, spy, you know, spy out in Vegas. And um, when he died, you weren't... You know, it kind of sucked. You know, it sucked, but like you weren't like as attached to him as in the book, as you read more and more about his origins and stuff like that. And, right. I mean, know. that's the thing. Like the the stand is a huge undertaking of a book. Yes. Like, if you read the stand, it is a commitment. Yes. You know, Stephen King says that, like, you know, if you if you read about characters in like more than two books, like you're essentially like married to them. <laughs> Which I think is true. I mean, you develop, like, a relationship with these characters, especially when a book is, like, a huge tome, like The Stand. And I don't think it would translate well to the big screen. Even if you split it into, like, you know, one, two, and three, I just, I don't think it would, it wouldn't have the same emotional impact. Do you know how I think the only way you could do it is four years, 20 episodes, a TV series that would last four years, has an end point? <sighs> Yes, but they would have to do it like the strain where yes. they stick to the book. Well, except our friend Joe told us that they did leave some stuff out of the book, which I was glad they left out. Apparently, there were some angels that you know got yeah. involved at some point, and um, there's too much of that going on in Supernatural, so I can only watch yeah. one show that has a bunch of angels in it at a time. Um, so, but yeah, I mean that's a possibility if they stuck to the subject matter. Which some of these have done. Some of them... Tommy Knockers was a so good much. example of that. Yeah. 11, yeah. 22, 63 we'll was get to awesome. That, that mm-hmm. really stuck to this to the book. So the um, stand, definitely... The stand, you can check out our other, thumbs up. other podcasts all about it. I would give it more it. if I could because I've watched it so many times. Yeah. My sister's obsessed with it, too. We like, had, like, I had, like, the VHS, you know, thing we, that I, Jeff like, recorded. Jeff and I quote it regularly. Like. Our books are full of stand <laughs> references. There's even a story called Rats in the Corn. Yeah. You know, which are, you know, we took from there. <laughs> they're always referencing this. Like, anytime it's gonna rain, they're like, a storm's coming. His storm! And, like... Exactly. <laughs> I always, I had, like, my VHS... You know, that, like, like a friend taped off a TV. Yeah, and so, so did I, had I. That. It had, like, the skip parts. Yeah. And you would, it had, like, parts that, like... And then the- I had... I bought the double, like, VHS. Mm-hmm. And then, um, for, like... It was, like, $30 when it came oh out God, on DVD. Oh, And then you bought... You got, like, a bunch of Stephen King stuff on DVD <laughs> for, like... Fifteen dollars and the stand was like yeah, one of them. Years later. <laughs> years later, yeah. But yeah, it's like <laughs> I just saw that stand DVD and like I was like I five dollars short and I bought or like two dollars short and I bought from your sister and I was like boing like I needed to have it. It was double sided. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how my it my copy of it is. Yeah. My it DVD. Yeah, yeah no, the, no, the yeah, TV mo- the TV movie version. Like you watch the first half on one side and then yeah. you flip it around. I think it's like over. the only one I have that's like that. The only other ones I have, like, I have some older ones that are like widescreen on one side and full frame on the other side. Jeez. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the stand totally. How about the Langoliers? I really like the Langoliers. Now, a lot of people didn't. I feel like the story is scarier than the movie. See, I don't know the story for this one at all. I only know the TV series. So it's the same, but it just—I felt like it was more tense and creepy in the in the story, which is um, one of his like novellas that was a part of a 
collection. But um, but I thought they did a really good job with this. Bronson Pinchot is like the creepy guy that keeps tearing the paper up, and he's the only one that knows what the Langolier like what the Langoliers are, and that they're gonna come get you. And yeah. I, I thought they did a good job of like sort of showing like the totally empty airport with no noise, because that part of the of the story was really cool. That this this concept of like being a little bit behind in time, yeah. So that so that you're in a space of time where no people are. And then these creatures come and eat eat that space up. Yeah. So you have to get out of there before that happens. Like it's such a really cool, interesting concept. Yeah, um, the concept's great. It's like yeah, like it's sort of like getting stuck in a different dimension type story. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which a lot of Stephen King short stories that are like that are super creepy, and um, this one certainly is. And I, I like I like the TV movie. I thought it was cool. You know, it's a it's a little cheesy, but I thought they really showed like the whole story, and you know that it was like this group of people who didn't fall asleep, you know, or who did fall asleep, yeah, and everybody yeah. else was like eating, and they were the only ones to like survive going through. And how do they get back to the world that they know? You know, when they don't even know what's happened to them. Right. Um, I liked I liked it. I, I have that one on DVD too. I've watched it since. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one since it was on in the nineties. Now, I at the time this next one aired, I was like working like two jobs, and I was I didn't watch any TV except for like Star Trek at this time. So, uh, and that's the Shining remake. Yeah, um, I've never heard a good thing about it. I did watch it because I really liked the the, the book. Shining movie, and yeah, I liked the movie, the book. yeah, you like the story. Um, I think Stephen King was happier with how this one like portrayed his story. But I didn't care for it. I love the book. The book is so scary and heartbreaking. Um, just as like a story about addiction destroying someone. But uh, Stephen Weber, he just annoys me. I just always feel like he's like corny, and I can't. And like R- Rebecca Dorm- De Mornay was his wife, and she did like a decent job. But I never really felt like she was as terrified as you know, Shelley Duvall portrayed that character as being. Now, unfortunately, I know after the fact that it was because they were practically torturing Shelley Duvall on set, um, like, mentally torturing her. Oh. And so she's had, like, psychotic breaks and things like that because of what Stanley Kubrick put her through. Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm not sure that I would recommend whatever they did to her, but um, she was... I just felt like she portrayed that character better. And, um, I don't know. I'll give it, like, a half thumb up because Stephen King really liked it, but I didn't think it was as scary as the Stanley Kubrick version and not anywhere near as scary as the book. Um. All right, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I agree. I never planned on watching it because of, of what everyone said about the other Shining you know, what about this version of The Shining? Um, also that year, in Canada, a TV series aired called Trucks, and it was basically Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it? It, it, like is, it is Maximum Overdrive, Overdrive, yeah. But like a TV... I only ever saw Maximum Overdrive. I never same. Saw, I never saw that one. Yeah. Um, same year, 97, going really hot here. There was Quicksilver Highways. 
I don't know if I saw this or not. So Quicksilver Highway consists of two short stories, two short films, and uh, only one of them, Chattery Teeth, that's the only one that, that's the Stephen King one that's in there. Okay. I mean, it has a really cool cast. Like, obviously, like, Clive Barker worked on this, too, because his was the other short story, and I know he and Stephen... Some people in this cast, though, are from the other, from the other short film. Not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, like, Matt Frewer's and a ton of Stephen King stuff. Christopher Lloyd just always kills it because he's such a coup. Matt Frewer is, like, he's in, like, every he sci-fi is, thing ever. Yeah, he's, like, Stephen <laughs> King's BFF or something because he's always in stuff. And Veronica Cartwright was super famous in, like, the 80s. I've seen her in a lot mm-hmm. of things, too. Um, I don't remember seeing this one. I, mm-hmm. I might have, but it didn't stick with me. So mm-hmm. I will give it a tentative thumb up because the cast... Because the cast cool. is great. Now the next one, uh, Storm of the Century. Now this was one that got so much hype and was kind of a letdown for a lot of people. I did watch it, I believe, because it's like these two guys in Maine, yeah. and it's like a really bad storm. But there's like some kind of a vampire thing. I remember the short story too. Um, you know, I-, I remember it being okay. But, um, I remember, like, yeah, it's got that other wings guy in it. Yeah, Daily. These wings guys. Um, Daily's in a lot of stuff. I think I think I remember it being kind of cool because does it have? Did it have like flashbacks to like? Yeah. 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 yeah I remember that. It, it was pretty cool. I would watch it again. I don't think I have that on, on DVD. I remember recording it on um, on VHS. And, oh, okay. And I don't I remember, like, the, the end of, like, the last one, like, the tape messed up for the last one. But I, I know I finished it at some point, I just don't know how. Hmm. Maybe they re-aired it or something. Yeah, probably. I mean... So, now we come to our first, um, our first television series. And we'll come to that later. Um, and that's The Dead Zone with Anthony Michael Hall. I loved the show. It was it was I great. It was on it. for five years, 2000, 2007. I actually would love to watch it again. I have not seen it on anything streaming uh, that's, no, I that's out either. there. I would love to blow through that again. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. I really did. And I liked... It was a little bit less cheesy about like their relationship than I felt like... As much as I love the Christopher Walken movie, I did feel like his relationship was a little corny in that one, whereas I really felt like I could understand the character's better the way that they were portrayed in the TV show. And I really felt for them. Like, they were both trying to be good people, but they loved each other. And because of circumstances, like, they couldn't be together. Um, And I loved, like, how he portrayed that character as being someone who's, like, in a lot of physical pain all the time, but still, like, wanted to try to make the world better. And, you know, he would get involved in different mysteries. He, He lived longer than the character in the story because... It was a TV show, so they had to yeah. like add to it. But I thought it was great. I really liked it. I thought it was creepy and sad and like interesting. And I love how the first like the pilot episode was like like the movie or was the original was the story you know, for the most part. And yeah, they moved on from this because like, that was like really cool. Was, you know, and that kind of like 
brought Anthony Michael Hall back for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, he, he did, like, he was not having a good time in the 90s. And then, no, he was, like, an Edward Scissorhands. He played the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, what the hell? Isn't that the nerd from, like, The Breakfast Club? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really seen him around lately, but when I do, I'm, I'm not, like, always like, oh, that's the nerd. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dead Zone, thumbs up. Good job. This is when USA had good sci-fi, sh- like really good no. sci-fi shows. But then, you know, sometimes it's under the they same have gems, and then sometimes it's like, what do you guys do? USA is under the same umbrella as um, the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. So why would you true. put more sci-fi shows on that's on USA true. when you have a whole channel for that? Colony is the one show right now that is on on USA that um, really I feel like sci-fi didn't used to have TV shows. I think no. that's what it was. Like yeah. it used to just show movies. Right. Which mostly it still shows a lot of movies. It does. But now it has like its own shows. Yeah. I feel like USA used to be like TV shows and then sci-fi was like movies. Well Stargate, you know, really kicked that off of Battlestar was what really brought sci-fi shows into the, the foreground, you know. And then I didn't realize they canceled a lot of a lot of shows that I that I liked, you know, that I that I liked on on sci-fi. But anyway, we're not here to talk about sci-fi shows. That's another podcast. We're going to talk about Rose Red and the Diary of Ellen Rimbo. Yes. So, I saw at least Rose Red. I don't think I saw the Diary of Ellen Rimbauer, but I never I heard about either of these until of- I started doing research here. It was it, I don't believe it was ever a book. I think it's just um, screenplay. a screenplay, yeah. and it's about, like, a haunted house. But it had, like, Nancy Travis, Julian Sands, who's always, like, a super creeper, and a bunch of other, you know, folks. But it was fun. It, it wasn't the most awesome creepy show that I ever saw, um, but it was it was fun. So I'll give it, you know, half a thumb. Half a thumb? Yeah. Half a finger, like my English teacher, and when I was sixteen years old, he used <laughs> I to remember poke me with it. This nubbin, <laughs> it's pretty creepy. What was his name? Yeah, we, maybe we shouldn't say. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I believe he's deceased. So but he used to call me Chrissy, which I hate. Nobody ever calls me stupid nicknames like that. Thanks for letting the internet know that. What Chrissy? <laughs> I don't like to be called Chrissy. Yeah. I say it when I really want your attention. I don't think you're paying attention to me. Well, I won't if you call me that. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hospital's next. Now we're totally in the in the ground of, you know, like, I didn't have cable for, like, five years around this time. Like, the whole time, like, Rose Red. A lot of the time the Dead Zone was on, but I would catch it at your parents' house. Yeah. Um, Diary of Ellen Rimbar, Kingdom Hospital. I didn't have cable th- this whole time, you know. I, I remember, yeah, I saw, like, the last, like... I saw, like, the first season of the Dead Zone, I saw, like, the last season of the Dead Zone. That's why I like the... And I see a, I saw something, like, sporadically in the middle there somewhere. Yeah. But I, I need to... I definitely didn't see the whole series of the Dead Zone, though. It was cool. Uh, so let's talk about Kingdom Hospital, Kristen. So I own the DVD set. <laughs> <laughs> I totally set you up to fail. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Ed Begley Jr. is in it, and I like Ed Begley Jr., so he has a big schlong. That's why, <laughs> that's why I like him. I, I think he's funny. He was like really great on um, Arrested Development. Arrested Development, and yeah. also that uh, show. Was it Straight Talk or Blunt Talk? I know we should um, really watch the rest of that. But uh, I will watch this, you guys. And when I watch it, I promise I will give you a good synopsis of it. My feeling was that it was confused about the genre it was supposed to fit in. Yes. It was supposed to be like a creepy show, but I don't think the network TV series 
like they wanted it to be that creepy. Because this, remember, this was before, like, American Horror Story, where, where it was, like, now it's, like, mainstream to have, like, a really scary, disturbing TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, American Horror Story, you know, really brought, really brought a lot of stuff back like that. So, we'll get back to you on that one. Uh, Desperation's the next one we're going to talk about in 2006. Yeah, I didn't know that this was a TV movie, so I have I have the DVD. ABC. And I've only ever seen it on DVD. Ron Perlman, Ron Steven Perlman Weber. is awesome in it. He is so freaking creepy. Oh my gosh. Um, I really like Desperation. Um, I think they did a good job with it. Obvi- like, there's a couple moments that are a little corny, but um, I love the whole idea of, like, the writer being, like, a total jerk. Like, he's, like, a drunk and a hot mess, and he, like, has to help guide everybody through and, like, save them. So I think that was really fun, that Stephen King's sort of playing with, like, you know, that F. Scott Fitzgerald-y archetype of, like, a writer that's a total jerk bag, and, like, well, I love F. Scott Fitzgerald, but he obviously had a drinking problem, and he wasn't altogether, you know, responsible for himself or his life choices. Um and and having him be like a main character that has to sort of save these these poor people and get them away from the creepy ghouls that come out of the what was it like a coal coal mining or something like that I yeah I have no idea anyway Ron <laughs> Perlman must have had so much fun making this because he is so dang creepy in it oh my gosh he always brings it but um listen I would recommend this this movie I thought it was fun. it sounds great it's cool I have the DVD. You guys can borrow it. Hit me up. Alright, so the next one, <laughs> the next one I, I did I did see, and then I forgot I saw, and then you're like, oh, we should watch this, and then I, and then when I saw it, I was like, I, I totally remember it, and that's Nightmares and Dreamscapes. I love which this. Which is a bunch of different short stories, uh, almost Twilight Zone style, mm-hmm. um, giving you every episode is a different, a different story. Uh, brilliant. It's a great looking series. It is. The stories are, are fun. They are, they're creepy and, um, yeah, and it's a whole lot of fun to, they're just great, they're just great stories. Yeah, I highly recommend this. The acting was great. Yeah. I love the stories that they chose. Yep. I thought they did a great job of portraying them. Yep. Um, it's fun the way that, like, if you like Cat's Eye or if you liked um, Tales from the Dark Side, like any of those kind of movies where it's like giving you like a little shorter version of something, but but really good, really good Stephen King stories and yeah. So definitely his, check out Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Yeah, his short stories are just always. Yeah, awesome. unfortunately, most of these aren't on streaming at all. Uh, the next one is though that we'll talk about. And this is you never saw this. You didn't bother no. with this. And that is Haven. So I knew the story of the Colorado Kid. I never read it, but I knew I knew the story, and I knew that there was going to be the show coming on Sci-Fi, which had something to do with the Colorado Kid. So I was I was excited, and then after the first season was over, I read the Colorado Kid and realized that there was really just nothing to do with this whatsoever, <laughs> except for mentioning the Colorado Kid about fifty thousand times a show. <laughs> now don't get me wrong; the first like two or three um, it was on for five years. First three seasons of Haven are great. There, it's like this um, um, Freak of the Week kind of style, and I, I love Freak of the Week. You know, how do you solve the you know the, the problem every week when it's like you know some kind of and they're like superpower issues are going on in this little town of Maine, and it was like tearing it apart. But once the fourth season hit, the show got they like ran out of ideas. Um, Start jumping the shark. 
I, uh, not even that bad. I dropped off the season. I, after like about two episodes, I'm like, this is absolutely terrible. <laughs> My wife watched the rest of the season. She filled me in. I was glad I didn't watch it. And then I watched the last season, which was a shorter last season, I think. Uh, just to finish it off. Um, predictable ending. Um, I, I don't know. First three seasons of Haven are, are they're fun. The, the characters are great. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend the first three seasons. After that, yeah, <laughs> I pulled the Supernatural. <laughs> so how about the Bag of Bones miniseries in 2011? I'll give it a thumbs up, although I was hoping that it would be better than it was. I, I, I wasn't entirely 100% on board for the casting decisions. Um, I think... You know, Pierce Brosnan's a great actor, but I felt like he was a little bit too old for the role that he was supposed to uh, be portraying. Yeah, that's true. Because he was supposed to be kind of like a romantic interest for the young woman, and even in the book, like he knows he's a little bit too old. But I felt like this—that was like kind of a stretch with um, the woman that they picked for this. But um, overall, it was decent. I, I really love this book. Um, so I was hoping that it would be closer to the way that I felt reading the book, and it wasn't quite there. Um, no. But it I was I thought decent. it was rushed. Yeah. I really felt like it was rushed because, let's just check really quick here, because 2011 Bag of Bones, I don't know, the movie, the, the book was 13 years old at that time. I don't know mm-hmm. why I thought that this was something that they, they put the miniseries out around the time that the book came out for some reason. I didn't no, realize. No, it was a long time yeah. later. No, yeah. Well, that's... That twelve years isn't that bad as far as Stephen King stuff goes, as far as ad- adaptation goes. The next one is probably even closer. So Bag of Bones was like a meh, but not a not a boo. The next no, one gets yeah. a boo. The next one gets a super thumbs down. That's the Under the it Dome series. It started out cool, yeah. So it under didn't the even dome. start out like great because not great, but like kind of like okay. Yeah. But then it was like what, and then it was like. What? And then it was like, no! And then it was like, forget this. I can't believe we finished it. I couldn't not find out what they did at the end, but it was horrible. It was atrocious. I just, I've never seen, like, a good story be so, so massacred, except for maybe, like, Pet Cemetery 2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Under the Dome, I do not recommend that anybody watches it, no. even to even to even just see what it's all about. It's a big book, but... The book is cool, and the book is very much like a very long um, Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Really. Um, just about human nature and what happens when people... The breakdown of society. Yeah. Yeah. Are caught in a situation, and, and the, then the reason why it happens is, you know, very old school, you know, 1950s sci-fi type stuff. But, um, the show was a train wreck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, Rennie was supposed to be a really bad guy. Instead, they made him kind of, like, sympathetic. Like, it just, I don't, I don't know. No. Uh, he was such a good choice for that role, you know, because he was just fresh off of Breaking Bad. Just and- let him actually be evil, though. Yeah. But I guess they just felt like we can't make him evil because he wasn't totally took- evil on Breaking Bad. But but there was like that whole meth thing in 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 Under the Dome with him, right? So I guess they uh, but they like left it out pretty because much. they're like, well, we can't have him do two things with meth, right? Yeah, I guess so. 
I don't know. I don't really know what was behind the writing of the TV series, but I can tell you that's not what happened in the book. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the next one is a TV movie adaptation of uh, the story Big Driver. This was on Lifetime. I liked this. I have the DVD of it. I really like Maria Bello. I thought the story was really scary and um, difficult to get through, but I liked it, and I thought she did a great job. Um, it was good. It was scary. It was very close to what happens in the story where a writer, uh, you know, gets invited to, you know, give a talk to a local women's group and then ends up getting lost on a back road and horrible things happen. Um, I thought it was good. It was I creepy. I really give this a thumbs up. Uh, I give it a, I give it a, um, a, a men's lifetime shrug. It sounds so sexist. I it's am not. not as, it's not as cheesy as. No, it's not. It, I did not feel. At one point, I did not feel it was cheesy. Um, I thought it was definitely creepy. Yeah. And it was scary. And and badass. I like at the end that she like becomes her own hero. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a too. cool story. All right, Hulu. Hulu. In 2016, Hulu. I'm not Jen. paying more to watch Hulu, but I like the things they put on it, so I'll find some they way to get them. keep doing more cool stuff. Maybe it's time we cave. Ah! Uh, 11-22-63, so with James Franco and Chris Cooper. I saw the first part, I and then I, I meant to go back, and I just haven't had, I just haven't had the time. I bought the you DVDs because my, yeah, my mom, dad, and my sister and her husband were together at my sister's house watching it. And they were watching it on Hulu, I guess. I don't know. Although, I don't think my sister has Hulu, so I don't know how they watched it. But she was, um, they were texting me at night saying, like, hey, we're watching this. It's awesome. You have to get your hands on it. So I found the DVDs on Amazon and bought them. They weren't even Blu-ray. Watched. No, they're just yeah. DVDs. And I watched them all in, like, over the course of a weekend. And it was awesome. Like, I really liked this book. Um, Joe Hill who's Stephen King's son, and also, like, a brilliant writer, which, um, if you didn't like Horns, give it another chance and read his books. They're really good. This is the one he wrote with Joe Hill, though. Is that, yeah. is that what you're so saying? Joe so, Joe Hill helped write the ending of this book, and it was awesome. Like, it's it's very, like, emotional and sad, and it's, it's scary because people are scary, and society is scary, um, it's basically about time travel and trying to stop the Kennedy assassination, which is also brought up in, in um, you know, the Gunslinger series and, and, and other Stephen King books. Um, but I thought they did a great job. James Franco was great. They really stuck to the book, um, even with the ending. Um, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Very cool. Very cool. So I will finish it one day. big thumbs up. Two thumbs down is... Um is, uh, I recorded the entire series of The Mist that they did. I didn't even watch any of them, because Jeff told me it was so bad! I recorded the whole thing, and then <laughs> I, it was all, so the whole thing was on my DVR. It was like 10 episodes, or 12 episodes, or something. I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go blow through it while I'm working. Oh, jeez, it was terrible. It was like, what made The Mist great, the story... And the movie, which in the last Thomas week's Jane one, yeah, go watch that if you like the mist. In last week's episode, we talked, you know, I talked about how that that was my favorite cinematic Stephen King movie. Um, so they 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 instead of just having like you know 
society breaking down in, um, you know, the supermarket. Everybody's stuck in the supermarket, you know, and they know that there's creatures out in the mist and they need to stay inside. Um, there was, like, people in a mall, and they tried to make it a little, like, Dawn of the Dead with the mall stuff. There's people in a church, and it defeated, the people that were in the church, it defeated the fact that they were in the church. Because, like, those people were, like, in the supermarket being super preachy. And that was, like, really, you know, annoying to people who aren't really into that because, you know, but they were in yeah. the church and, then, ugh. And then there was, like, a girl who was, like, out in the mist and it was because she was raped and they didn't care. That's why the, the things in the mist didn't come get her. But there weren't actually creatures in the mist. There was, like, your dreams, like, what you were afraid of the most was out in the mist. Which defeated the purpose. It was supposed to be a, a portal to an alien world and that the government opened up because yeah. they jerk face heads. And the creatures come through and they live in the mist and they just are hungry. Yeah. So there's none of that. Um, it was just a lot of whining. It's and then whining. didn't you say like the people would ingest the mist and turn into like monsters or something? Yeah. Weird crap? They were like drinking the mist. No. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I haven't even checked to see if it got a second season. I hope not. I won't watch it if it does. <laughs> this to me. This drives me nuts when a story has a clear ending and they try to stretch it out in a TV series. Like this would never, this was not going to work as a TV series because there needs to be an ending, you know, with something like this. So this, these stories, you know, the Dead Zone was great to adapt uh, as a TV series because yeah, because he was someone that had sort of like a power, but the rest of the world wasn't altered by that power. It was just him dealing with it and you could expand on the situations he went through but again they did still tie to him trying to stop that bad politician yeah and put his life back together yeah. so what it didn't totally stray away from the book it just expanded it yes like it made his life a little bit longer and gave him different experiences yeah and got him you know to have like a little bit more of a relationship with the girl that he loved um yeah i don't know i I, I'm just going to go watch the Tom, Thomas Jane movie and pretend <laughs> this never happened. <laughs> Alright, so we've got three more to talk about real quick. Uh, that's um, Mr. Mercedes is on some kind of AT&T network. Yeah, I don't know how to get it. It already so. got a second season. I have access to it by other means. Uh, so we're going to check the Mr. Mercedes out. Apparently it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it's gotten really good reviews, and the books were cool. It's like a mystery, and there's this retired detective, Kermit Hodges, who's trying to solve, like, who this crazy guy is that's, like, you know, perpetrating crimes. evil crimes. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is Castle Rock show is coming out next year. Now, uh, we posted a trailer for this on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash prisondad. So you can go check it out there, or, I don't know, or just type it Yeah, just, like, into. type it into your interwebs. <laughs> So or like us, follow us, it. follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcast, you know, whatever you're listening to us on. Mm -hmm. And the final TV series that we want to talk about is The Dark Tower. Now, I heard, I was reading an article the other day that this is now up in the air because the movie didn't do as well as they I hoped. am totally, that does not surprise me whatsoever. It doesn't surprise me either, but I'm bummed. Because I really love the gunslinger stories. Like, they're so great. It's such a cool myth, mythology type story and and I just want to see it done well and I thought Idris did an awesome job um 
and and they were supposed to be doing the TV show based on um, Wizard and Glass, which is like sort of his origin story when he first becomes a gunslinger, and it's such a compelling story. Um, I, I hope that they get to do it, or if they don't, like I hope they do reboot it again in a few years and do a good job that people understand. I think it's it's such a big story, right? I mean, it's kind of epic to try to put it all into one movie, you're going to lose people unless they already sort of understand what the story is. And they didn't follow the storyline in the movie. So people that were fans, it was a little bit like, wait, what? Why is he there? And what's going on? And where I think more people, people need to give the Dark Tower movie a, a chance. I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was cool. And I thought the acting was good. Our friend, was Chris O'Neill, who's going to be a guest on our 100th podcast, Chris told us, you know, he didn't tell us specifically, he posted on Facebook that he still liked the movie, and he is the biggest Dark Tower fan I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Besides the, you know, pretty girl sitting across the table from me right now. Aw, well, thank you. And my dad. My dad loves The Gunslinger. So I hope that people will give that movie a chance, and I hope they give the show a chance, because I think it could be really cool. Especially if they kind of tie it you know, into a specific book, and they're not trying to, not trying to turn into the mist and a bunch of other stories. Like, just tell us about Roland. Just tell us, like, somebody needs to portray that because it's a cool story. And I especially hope that they eventually like get into the whole storyline with Susanna and Eddie and Jake and Oi. Oi, it's good stuff. Oi, the Billy Bumbler, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is our podcast for the week on Stephen King TV-based entertainment. Um, if there's anything that, that, that you guys want to point out to us or tell us that you like, didn't like, um, you know, feel free to hit us up on our Facebook. Um, yeah, facebook.com slash prison dad. Tweet at us, I guess. Tweet, I really should do tweeting. more on Twitter. I say it all the um, time. Make sure you follow our podcast. You know, go to prisondad.com, check out our other podcasts, or check out our books. Yeah. We write books. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I've been told that they were hilarious by several people. Um, actually, I was just going to ask you if I could have a volume two for yeah, one of my coworkers. I got it so out. It's I got to grab it. So, uh, yeah, you know, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. I hope you guys are, you know, watching some fun Stephen King things and enjoying your uh, October. Godspeed and may the force be with you. All things serve the beam. That they do. Time for some Nazala.